Well, good morning. Um, seeing me in a suit is going to be about as traditional as it gets for a memorial service here today. <clears throat> and if you know the dryers, then that's no surprise to you. Um, let me thank you on behalf of the family uh, for being here today. I know that many of you have, have made arrangements with your schedule to do so. And we all, especially they, appreciate that very much. <clears throat> I want to invite you after we're done here, and Justin will as well, the pastor here, I want to invite you to find the dryers where they are and love on them. Just love them. That's all they need. <clears throat> My name is Mark Wyatt. I'm a, a former pastor, founding pastor of this church, and, and I'm honored to see uh, many of you here today as we regather <clears throat> to honor our friend, Brandon David Dreyer. Um, uh, he would be 36 years old this coming Saturday, <clears throat> and we are here to celebrate him today. And I, and I know that's why you're here. We're here to celebrate Brandon and love the family, and honestly, that, that is the best we can do. So I have some things I want to share with you. They've asked me to take a few minutes to share some things, and some of it I've already said to them, <clears throat> and they'll get to hear it again, but we just want to, to, to share it larger and louder so we can all be on the same page. <clears throat> it is standing room only, except there are some chairs. So if you, if you would like to sit, there are chairs available. Please make your way up. I know sitting on the front is always dangerous in a church, but um, I promise not to call you up on stage or make an example out of you or anything. So there are seats here on the second row and some on the first. So again, if you'd like to sit, <clears throat> you're welcome to do that. I'll be probably 10 or 15 minutes at the most. Justin will be the same. And then Tiffany's going to speak for a moment. Now, while we are, uh, is this going? Okay. <clears throat> while we are speaking, here in a moment, I'm going to pray and, and start us. While we're talking, you'll see some pictures of Brandon up on the screen. Just coming, coming through as a slideshow. That's because <clears throat> one of the things that I firmly believe when, when I visited them last Friday, you know, I started to pray for him, and I felt like the Lord said clearly, um, this family is still complete. It's still whole. You know, we, we've, we've lost Brandon here for a moment, but we've not lost him. We know where he is. And uh, this family will always be whole. Um, they always have been. They always will be. And so we, we celebrate that today as well. <clears throat> so let me pray. And um, we're going to celebrate Brandon for a few minutes here. Father, we thank you um, for the opportunity today to come and experience um, your goodness your faithfulness, your presence. Um, and Lord, we do believe. We still believe you are faithful. We believe you are good. And we don't just believe it, we know it. We felt it, we've seen it. We know who you are. And we will not forget in the dark what we knew to be true in the light. So we thank you that even in the dark moments, the light shines brightest. So Lord, we ask that today you would come and... Um, Glorify yourself, even as we honor uh, this one that you love so much. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> um, I want to share a couple of points uh, with you before I read some scriptures. Uh, I know that um, Fred mentioned that Thursday night after uh, we lost Brandon, that really all he wanted was just to hear Bible verses. He just wanted to hear the Bible. There, there is, there's comfort in Scripture. 
you know, and the first thing that I, that I said to Justin when, when he told me what had happened, I said, you know, there are no words, but there is comfort. And the comfort of the Holy Spirit does not depend on words that are said. I hope you understand that. So it, it, it's, it's his presence. It's his gift. Um, <clears throat> now, I want you to say to, to, to know, too, that I, I talked about this with the family this morning to make sure I had their permission <clears throat> to, to talk about this. Our hearts are broken for the dryers, all of us. Uh, many of us, our hearts are broken for us because we know we'll miss Brandon. But I want you to know something, and the family wants you to know this too. The, the way that Brandon died cannot and should not be ignored. There is often a stigma in our society associated with suicide that we don't talk about. And, um, and we, we try to gloss it over. But can I say to you, and again, we've, we've agreed on this. This was not God's plan for Brandon's life. I mean, it wasn't. This was not what God had in mind for him. It's not like, you know, his, his days were numbered and God called him home. Now, we believe he's there, but this was not God's plan. And, and I think we would do a disservice to everyone struggling with depression and suicidal, those issues, if we said that, well, this is just the way God designed it. No. Brandon made a decision that all of us here wished he hadn't made. And that, that's the truth. We wish he hadn't, but he did. Um, and so now there's comfort. There's, there's no answers, but there's comfort. And so <clears throat> I, I don't know where you guys have come from theologically, if you have any kind of background or church history or faith journey. But I know in my experience as, as a pastor, there have been, I've met people in my life uh, more than, than I care to admit who, who are under the impression or have received the teaching at some point that suicide is what the Bible calls the unpardonable sin. Now, that idea is built on this, this idea that um, when, if someone commits suicide, they don't have the chance to ask God to forgive them for that sin, and so they carry that sin into eternity, and so they can't go to heaven. Y'all, I want you to understand that is not what this family knows to be true. We, we have known and we've preached and we've taught and we've lived here that when Jesus gave his life on the cross to pay the price for our sins, it covered all of our sins, past, present, and future, the ones we hadn't even thought of yet. Now you say, Mark, that's too easy. No, it, thank God it's that easy. Listen, anyone who enters into a faith transaction with God and will believe that that is true, that Jesus' death paid for our sins, past, present, and future, listen, it becomes true in that life. That becomes your payment. You, you are forgiven. So we, we need to understand that Brandon was forgiven for this decision before he even made it. And because of that, the words of St. Paul are true. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That, everybody, is what gives us the freedom to celebrate Brandon today because we know where he is. You know, when I was with the family, um, Tiffany told the story about how you have to understand Brandon couldn't cook. He could not cook, correct? He could if he wanted to. He just, he was, he was not patient enough to cook such that when he wanted a grilled cheese sandwich, one time he came in, took a slice of white bread, a slice of cheese, another slice of white bread, and put it in the microwave. <laughs> Brandon is going to sit at the table 
at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And there will be no microwave grilled cheese sandwiches there. <laughs> His suffering is over. <laughs> And his suffering is over. The things that he dealt with, the, the negative thoughts, the, the, the things that, that, that un, unfortunately that, that he suffered through, that's over. And by the grace of God, he walks today in the presence of Jesus. Happy and free. Happier and freer than any of us ever knew him to be. Could imagine him being. And so we're grateful to God for that. So I, want to, I just want to be clear about that today so that we know that um, it's not a judgment on Brandon, not a criticism. Listen, he, unfortunately, he was a victim. The same way that some people are victims of cancer or Alzheimer's, things we see all the time, Brandon was a victim of depression and negative thoughts that, that made him think that this was the right decision to make. Um, so I want to say that to say to you, if any of you out there struggle with that, if you're dealing with that, please know there are people who love you, who want to help you through that. And often all it takes is just a phone call. And you may say, well, Mark, nobody loves me that much. Give them a chance to prove it. <laughs> just wait five more minutes. Talk to somebody. Make a phone call and let someone, someone minister to you and see if the Lord comes and brings comfort to you. Um, there are some scriptures I want to share with you quickly, and I, I'm not going to take long. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7 through 9 says this. Now, we have this treasure in clay jars. Now, the way we've talked about it at this church before is we have this treasure. The treasure is the life of God in us because of Jesus. Jesus has given us the very, we are partakers of his, his divine nature. The life of God flows in us. And Paul says we have this treasure in, in clay jars. We, we like to say we have this treasure in styrofoam cups. Because that is our equivalent to what clay jars were for them. It was disposable, not worth anything. But all of us carry this incredible treasure, the life of God in us, in these disposable vessels. These fragile vessels that contain something immeasurable. So Paul says, we have this treasure in clay jars so that this extraordinary power may be from God and not from us. Now here is, is a reality of life that we as the church, as the people of God need to address we are pressured in every way, but not crushed. So as you look at this family, you see someone who they are pressed on every side, but they are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Perplexed means without answer. We have to understand there are times in our lives when, when we just don't have an answer. We don't know why. The why question can't be answered. So, Mark, where was God in all this? I'll tell you where he was. He was loving Brandon. He was right there. In that moment, he was loving him. And he, he was present. And he was loving him as much as he ever had in his life. And I'm, I, we're, we are heartbroken that Brandon felt that kind of despair. But our prayer for this family is that now, that even as they are without answer, we don't know what went through Brandon's head. We know that even without answer, they are perplexed at times, but they are not in despair. You know what keeps them from being in despair? They carry this treasure in them, this treasure of the knowledge of the love of God for them and for Brandon. And so, so they're not in despair. Um, so let me, let me just give you a clue, too. As you talk to them today, uh, know that they are without answer, 
And uh, allow me to be tactful here. They don't need yours. Because you don't have it. I don't have it. Um, so let, there's no need to come up with anything new or fresh to say or platitudes. Well, at least he's in a better place. Well, yeah, well, he is in a better place. Now, listen, he ought, he, can I give you a little script you can follow today? As you see this family, there are two things that you can say to them. I love you, and I'm sorry. And really, that's it. They, you know, it I mean, whatever's on your heart, obviously, say to them. But they don't have to hear more from you today than I love you, and I'm sorry. Because they're, they're not looking for answers from us. Because they know even if they don't, if God gives them one, that's wonderful. But even if they don't have one, they are not in despair. Grief is the price of admission in life and in loving. Grief is the price we pay for having loved somebody. Grief is it's part of life. It's very natural when we lose someone. People used to talk about stages of grief now in, in professional circles. We, I'm a hospice chaplain, and we talk about the grief cycle because it's not just stages you move through. You can experience every part of the grief process in one day and again the next day. It's, uh, it's, and as this family walks through this, we believe that the Holy Spirit will minister to them through those stages of grief. And, and those stages of grief, experiencing that is nothing to ever feel guilty about. We never feel guilty about that. We just let it wash over us. If we're sad, if we're angry, if we're depressed, if we're accepting, if we're whatever it is, we just let it wash over us and we just give it to God. And we let the Lord bring his comfort. Again, the comfort is not dependent on words. It's the, the comfort comes from the presence of the Holy Spirit. Um, Philippians 4, 7, <clears throat> a verse many of you can quote, says this. And the peace of God which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's a more beautiful verse than many of us ever thought about. That word passes means transcends. It's above it. The peace of God, which passes understanding. You know what that means? It passes not only our ability to understand. Thank God that His peace surpasses our ability to understand. But it also passes our need to understand. See, there's a peace, a gift that God gives us in that peace that, that gets us to a place where, where the why question doesn't have to be answered anymore. We don't have to understand. All we have to know is that he's good. <clears throat> and here's what I, what I always, when I used to read that verse, I used to think, okay, if I keep my heart and my mind on Jesus, then I'll have that peace. That's actually backwards. The Bible says if you let God manifest that peace in you, that peace will put your hearts and minds on Jesus. The peace of God that transcends, surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds on Christ Jesus. And that peace just comes from resting in his goodness, resting what you know to be true of him. When questions rage, when grief is deep, and when sorrow runs deep in your heart, it's, it's the ability to say, God, I don't understand, but I don't have to. I just know that you're good. And then that peace comes that allows you to then be able to keep your hearts and it guards your hearts and minds in Christ. <clears throat> Another passage, and I'm, I'm going to wrap up here soon. Psalm 23, you know, the 23rd Psalm we use at a lot of funerals, memorial services, and uh, many of you could quote it by heart, at least part of it. <clears throat> but there's a part of, this, of Psalm 23 that is particularly appropriate today. Uh, David was, was, was hiding from Saul and he wrote this, and he said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. 
your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, very often, uh, we, we tend to think about that as in terms of, okay, when I'm approaching death, I don't have to be afraid. When I'm, you know, I don't have to be afraid to die. That is absolutely true. But, <clears throat> but what David says is, I'm walking through the valley. He said, I'm not walking through death. I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, all of us here today are here because, frankly, right now we are under the shadow of death. This family, whether they want to be or not, they are under the shadow of death. Death has cast its shadow over them. And they are walking through that valley. But the truth is, even though I walk through this valley where the shadow of death is over me, I don't have to be afraid. I fear no evil. Why? Because your rod comforts me. You know what the rod was? That was the, the stick that the shepherd carried to beat off the wolves. So even when you're walking through this valley of the shadow of death, Jesus, your shepherd, is protecting you from your enemies. You are protected. You know, the, he said your rod and your staff, they come, you know what the staff was? The staff was that thing, the shepherd's crook, you know, the hook on the end of it that you carry to bring the sheep back from the edge of a crevice, to bring them back from danger, to keep them close. So even when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Jesus is at your side to protect you from your enemies and to keep you close to him. You know, we, we don't get through life without walking through this valley. I mean, that's just a truth. We, you, nobody escapes without experiencing that valley of the shadow of death. But, <laughs> I love this. <clears throat> Jesus was not intimidated by death. Jesus turned death into a doorway. And that's why we can celebrate Brandon today. Because even though he made a decision we wish he hadn't made, Brandon got to step through a doorway. Death was not an end for him. Death was the beginning of the life that he was created for from the moment he was, he, he was created even before he was born, in his mother's womb, the father knew him. And he was created to be with him. And so he stepped through that doorway. Um, is the last passage I'll read, 1 Corinthians 15. In the Bible, we talked about clay jars, styrofoam cups. These bodies, these vessels are corruptible. Paul says this. Now when this corruptible, this body, is clothed with incorruptibility... When we step into a life that there's no more decay, no more corruption, and this mortal is clothed with immortality, then the saying that is written will take place. Death has been swallowed up in victory. So this is what we want to leave the family with today. Oh, death, where is your victory? Grave, where is your sting? Now the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, today we, we, we agree death was conquered. Death has been defeated. Jesus, for the first time ever, defeated death on our behalf. And so we thank you that today we can celebrate Brandon's life. We can celebrate his presence with you in your kingdom now and forever. And we agree with Psalm 23 even now that surely goodness and mercy followed him all the days of his life. And he will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.
working man. Justin, come on. Mark and I didn't discuss what we were going to talk about today. The one thing I asked him was, uh, <clears throat> as long as you're not talking about treasures, we should be good. So he said he wasn't, but he opened with the same scripture that I'm going to open with. <laughs> so it'll save you guys some time. Um, so the scripture he used was, we have these treasures in jars of clay, and he used the, uh, the analogy of a styrofoam cup. The thing that I thought of with that was when I was a kid, we used to get little buckets from the wherever it was, the dollar store, and we would go collect shells on the beach, if you've ever seen those buckets. And I would collect shells, and each one was beautiful to me. They were broken, never got a whole sand dollar. We'd get like a half a sand dollar. I don't know who gets all the sand dollars, but I could never find them. So I'd have a bucket full of half sand dollars and half broken shells, but they were all beautiful to me. And over time, if you remember those buckets, the, uh, the handle, they were cheap. We were poor, but they were cheap anyway. The little plastic bucket, would the, the, the pail would break, and then all my... My shells would fall out, but there were so many in there, I, you couldn't even see the ones below. I mean, there were just so many shells in there, and to me, as a child, those were treasures. Those were big-time treasures for me, and it was a big deal to me because, you know, there were things that I found and things that I enjoyed, and and uh, so I always, when I think of treasures of, uh, stored in, in clay jars, I think of those buckets. Um, we had a work day uh, several weeks ago, and it was the most time uh, I really spent with Brandon, uh, we rewired some stuff in the youth room, and uh, we all learned how to dance when electricity found us. <laughs> There's something about electricity that you don't, you don't have to learn any moves. When it hits you, you, you do a little jig, and, and Fred and Brandon both did a little jig that day. And um, I'll never forget the, the, uh, the week after I preached a sermon on, on treasures and on how you know we had an agenda that day to fix some things around the building, the, the church building, and to do some things, but the greater... The greater good, the greater, the bigger story, the bigger picture, the bigger treasure was that we got to spend time together and build relationships. Um, you know, obviously had no idea where we would be today and talking about what we're talking about. And with the jokes and the laughs, I, I, I quoted Joe Dirt or something. And Brandon, I, just one of those things, he caught it. He was like, I know that. And we joked around about it and, and uh, just spent, spent time together. He even stayed late with us. And we, we talked about some music we used to listen to and different things like that. And and then even uh, the last Sunday, you know, praying for his shoulder was hurting, and we prayed for him. And all of these are treasures. Every, every last one of them are treasures. And the Bible tells us that we don't store our treasures on earth where rust and moth destroy, but we, we store them in heavenly places. And I've learned through the years that, that it's not jewels and, and gold streets that we look for when we get to heaven. That's not the treasures we're talking about. If it was, Jesus would talk about selfish ambition more and not loving your neighbor. The treasures he's talking about are the times that we spend together with one another. The treasures he's talking about, the things that don't, don't rust and are not destroyed. Listen, I love motorcycles and I love, I love jet skis, but all those things will pass away. But the times we spend together, the moments we have, rust and moth do not destroy. They cannot reach them. There are many treasures that, just like that, that bucket full of shells, there's so many that I can't even remember the ones at the bottom. There's so many that we have. But those are the ones that carry on with us for eternity. This this bucket will pass away. All of us in here will one day see a physical death. And just like Mark said, it's not the end. There is a, there is a, a fear and a finality in death that we see on this side. But in eternity, there is. This is the short side. Brandon's in the long side. And I believe Brandon has many treasures with him right now. And I'm thankful that I have treasures that he's left us.
Matthew 6, 19 says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Listen, I, uh, I grew up with, with not having a dad or a big brother around, so one of the things that I've always wished for and always wanted. And having become a born-again Christian, I found lots of family members within the church and lots of father figures and surrogates. And, and Mark, is, as my pastor, is one of my surrogate fathers. And Fred is one of my surrogate fathers. And Brandon was one of my surrogate brothers. And I can tell you one of the most profound things are the treasures that they've instilled in me. It's not just the things that we've given each other, but it's the times that we've spent together. It's these treasures that rust and moth cannot destroy. The moments we laugh together, the moments we work together, the moments that we celebrate, the moments that we mourn, these are all treasures. Even in tragedy, even in suffering, these are treasures. Every one of you are treasures to the dryers today. I want to encourage you just as Mark has, take the time to love them. Something, he, something Mark taught me was, even if God could come down and sit next to you and explain why he did the things that he did, it wouldn't, it wouldn't make you feel any better about losing your loved one. What we need is the compassion and the love that God gives us. And the compassion and the love that God gives us is the things that we share with one another. It's the two greatest commandments. You receive the love from God and you love your neighbor. So I want to encourage you today, look for those treasures. Don't ignore them. Some of the most powerful and impactful things in my life have come with very few words, but with much, much compassion and much love. You see, I'm wearing some bright red shoes today. It's because Fred, the first day I came up here as, as senior pastor of this church, I bought some fancy shoes, some pastor shoes, some hipster shoes. And he stopped me as I was walking out, like stopped me. And he said, what are those on your feet? <laughs> I said, they're pastor shoes, I guess. I need to be a pastor. I need to dress nice and wear this. He said, those aren't you. And up to this point, I'd been youth pastor, and I've always worn high tops. And it's just shoes. But there was something profound in what he said. He said, you're... You need to be yourself. You need to be you. And as a surrogate father to me, that instilled a very great purpose in me as a pastor, to be myself. Listen, Brandon was unapologetically himself. We spent many hours upstairs talking about history and about uh, heavy metal music and and funny movies and uh, motorcycles and different things like that. Listen, those are treasures that can't be taken from me. Those are treasures that can't be taken away. Those are moments that, that will, will go on into eternity when this body's gone. Um, Tiffany, if you're okay. Tiffany has a treasure. She wants to tell you a story about Brandon. You know, there are seats you can sit in. Um, they, um, they do a study and ask um, what you're scared of, and um, public speaking is higher than death. It's true. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've done death. Now we're doing public speaking. Got it all out of the way. Um, so I asked Justin to hold the mic. Um, what, what am I? Oh, I'm telling a story. story about yep, Brandon. yep. <clears throat> so um, somebody recommended that, uh, that I tell a story because um, I'm a pretty good storyteller. And... Uh, so mom and dad had gone out of town, and I don't remember where they had gone. I think they were visiting you guys in Bradenton, but I, I could be wrong, and I know if I'm wrong, I'll be corrected. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Um, every Sunday afternoon, we go over to Mom and Dad's house, and we eat dinner, and Mom cooks something, or Dad will put something on the grill. We've eaten so many hamburgers. Sharon and I don't eat hamburgers anymore. Brandon was always buying extra meat. I'm like, when we go to Costco, do not go to the meat section. The freezer's full. <clears throat> I bought steak. Where are we going to put it? So, um, Sunday, Mom and Dad were out of town, so we all go over to Mom and Dad's house, and it's like, well, what are we going to do? It's like, well, I mean, do we want to cook? Well, that's Mama's food. So we went out to eat. We went to the Mexican place. You know, my family can't call it by its name. It's the Mexican place. <laughs> well, what place is that? Sabora, usually, but I, I, I get sick and tired of eating the same damn thing all the time. <laughs> like, well, we go to Sabora, and we go to Mellow Mushroom, and that's it. So, anyway, I talked him into going to San Miguel. So we went to San Miguel, and uh, we got a, a, a table in the corner, and... Uh, the boys all drink, everybody drinks but me, and so they, they all got their ginormous margarita. And um, So Brandon is, um, he finished up his, oh, hey, I didn't know you are here. And uh, um, oh, squirrel. <laughs> Mar- margaritas. <laughs> yes, so Brandon finished his margarita, and we all just, you know, talking and laughing, and the boys are probably saying something that's, you know, not interesting and um so brandon finished his and he wanted more and instead of ordering another one he didn't say anything to anybody you know at the mexican place i can't call it by its name either they have the straws on the table so he did not tell anyone and he took like 700 straws and he put them all together and then he reaches across the table and he just like starts drinking with a 12 straw long straw <laughs> out of Andrews <clears throat> who had some left. So um, of course we laughed and laughed and laughed and you know, we at Sandra actually got the, the pictures of that and you, they're somewhere in that slideshow I think. And um, him laughing, because he loved to mean mug for pictures. You'll see when I'll be like, hey, let's take a picture. And we're all like this. And he's like. (laughs) So I would be like, if I do that, will you smile? And uh, so sometimes he would do that. Um, So we got a a picture of him laughing. But he he didn't tell anybody. He just puts the straw together and starts drinking. It was fun. Something else that uh, <laughs> Kathy said when she walked in, she said, this is just too somber. Listen, it's okay to laugh. It's, it's, it's very good. Um, we're not trying to hide anything. We're not trying to, to overlook anything or gloss anything over. But we do have the joy of the Lord, and it's okay to laugh. And it's very, I, so I give you permission. It's okay to laugh. You can joke around. I think Brandon would want that as well. We spent most of the day in our work day laughing and joking. We got a lot of work done, but the greater treasure was that we spent time together. And we don't forget that. So if you will, pray with me. Father, we just, uh, Lord, we hurt, and we cry, and we mourn, and we celebrate, and we do all these things, and it's a bit of an emotional roller coaster. And, and so as we do, we, we, search for que- we search for answers, and we have questions, and all these things are going through our heads, all of us. Lord, you are the great comforter, and you sent your Holy Spirit to comfort us. So I pray right now, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would do just that. Lord, that everyone that's in this place and within the, the reach of my voice, Lord, that they would see you for who you are. And so, Father, we trust that, that you can do what only, only you can do in the Holy Spirit, and that is wrap your arms around us like a father. And as sons and daughters, Lord, we want answers, but we 
certainly, we certainly will take sitting in your lap and, and having you love us and, and work with us through this. So Lord, I pray your divine comfort and your divine healing in all the places where we hurt right now in Jesus' holy name. Amen. All right, the, the family would like to uh, invite anybody that would like to go to, uh, we have a building behind here that's got a kitchen and some food. You guys are welcome to, to hang out in here and spend time with the family. We encourage you to uh, take your time. We're in no rush here. Uh, just love on the dryers. If you, if you are hungry, get some food in the back. And uh, yeah, that's all I got.